Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It's Monday, August 24th, 2020. My name is Blake Wilson, and I am Lifeline's Vice President of Operations. And today we're going to continue our study in the book of Ezekiel, looking in chapter 24. So if you guys have been with us for a while, um, you could easily identify the theme that we see in the book of Ezekiel today. And that theme continues to be wrath and judgment. You know, we, the Lord's desire in Ezekiel's message of repent, repent, repent. But yet we see the children of Israel um, continue to live in their self-serving ways. And we see the Lord continue to say his wrath, and his judgment is coming. His wrath and his judgment is coming. And we see this very vividly today um, during the first section of chapter 24. Within um, the second half of, of chapter 24, what we're going to see today is just really a personal, kind of a personal glimpse into the life of Ezekiel. And, and if if you've studied this or you've been following along even with this podcast as we look through the book of Ezekiel, you see what could be easily, um, I don't want to say misconstrued, but you, you see a strong, a strong man a tough exterior, a, a man who is continuing to give strong language, um, strong warnings of the wrath of God. You know, and, and you see this. It's easy to almost view him as robotic, I would say, sometimes. of just he's continuing to give these messages and these warnings. But today you see a little glimpse and it's only it's only one verse. But you begin to see uh, that this is a this is a real man, you know, that this is a real man that the Lord is choosing to use, who has a real family, who has real feelings, um, and you see a little glimpse of his humanity today. So I want to I want to encourage you to stay with us as we go through Ezekiel chapter 24 to kind of dive a little bit deeper into the life of Ezekiel. So we're going to look at that wrath and judgment, but the key as we read through this and the word I want you to really hold on today during study is the word obedience. Um, we want to we wanted to, to look at Ezekiel's obedience and really have this theme resonate in our own lives, in our own walk with Christ, of how obedient are we to him when he tells us to do something. When he gives us clear direction, when he gives us the steps we need to take, are we wholeheartedly obeying him? Are we following through with what he's commanded us to do? Um, so think about that key word, obedience, as we study today. So Ezekiel 24, pick up right there in verse 1. It says, In the ninth year, in the tenth month of the tenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, write down the name of this day, this very day. The king of Babylon has laid siege on Jerusalem this very day. And utter a parable to the rebellious house and say to them, Thus says the Lord God. Okay, let's pause just real quick because I want us to make sure that we set the stage for what is happening. This is this is the very day that the Babylonians attack Jerusalem. Okay, so this is the beginning of a two-year siege that we see the Babylonians 
attacking the city of Jerusalem in order to take over. And this ultimately resulted in the city's total destruction. All right. So you got Ezekiel. He's giving this message to um, these, these uh, children of Israel and letting them know that uh, <laughs> that utter destruction is ultimately coming their way. And this is the day it happens. So keep in mind, battle, the battle is upon you. Put yourself in the, situa- in the situation and the tenseness that they're experiencing. And this is, this is a parable, okay? So normally we're going to see the parables and we're going to think about Jesus teaching of the parables in the New Testament. Well, here's the parable of the Old Testament. The Lord gives, um, gives Ezekiel to share. It's really talking about cooking. So many of us could relate to this, but let's continue, continue to read. So he says in verse number three, Set on the pot, set it on, pour in water also. Put pieces, um, I'm sorry, put in it pieces of meat, all the good pieces, the thigh and the shoulder. Fill it with choice bones. Take the choicest one of the flock and pile the logs under it and boil it well. See to it that it also has bones in it. Therefore, says the Lord God, woe to this bloody city, to the pot whose corrosion is in it, and those in whose corrosion has not gone out of it. Take out the take it out piece after piece without making any choice. For the blood she has shed in her midst. She put it on the bare rock. She did not pour it on the ground to cover it with dust. To rouse my wrath to take vengeance, I have set on the I have set it on the bare rock, the blood she has shed, that it may not be covered. Therefore says the Lord God, Woe to this bloody city. I also will make Make the pile great. Heap on the logs, kindle the fire, boil the meat well, mix in the spices, and let the bones be burned up. Then set it in empty, set it up on empty coals, that it may become hot, and its copper may burn, that its uncleanliness may be melted in it, its corrosion consumed. She has wearied herself with toil, its abundant corrosion does not go out of it into the fire with its corrosion. On account of all your unclean lewdness, because I would have cleansed you, and you were not cleansed from your uncleanliness, and you shall not be cleansed anymore. Listen to this, verse 14. I am the Lord, I have spoken. It shall come to pass, I will do it. I will not go back. I will not spare, I will not relent. According to your ways, your deeds, you will be judged, declares the Lord God. Such strong words here in verse 14 of just setting the stage and saying, this is not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to relent. I'm not going to go back. I'm exhausted of, of your disobedience, but this is what's coming. And he begins to share this, this parable of just comparing them to, um, to a boiling pot of meat. And this, and this pot is so corrupt. Um, it is so encrusted with grime and just filth that there's just no way that it even comes clean. So he just begins to talk about, like, just let it all burn up and then let it get so hot that it just begins to melt. And still, it just is filthy and the, and the grime is so, is so thick that there's nothing you could do. This pot is absolutely useless. So let's just burn the pot, you know, and he, he, he shares some really harsh, language here he even talks about the with the bloodshed and you know and, and the blood that is coming and the death and the bloodshed on jerusalem 
um, would be so vast that there's not even, you know, there's not even an opportunity for a proper, proper burial. You know, the blood of the dead would not even be covered with dirt or with dust, but those dead bodies would lie horrifically exposed. It's just, it's just another example of God's vengeance against, against Jerusalem. He addresses it and says, whoa, you bloody city. He says it in verse number six. He says it again in verse number nine. And he just talks about this is going to be complete devastation. You know, and if you guys have have tuned in, um, last week you heard um, Herbie teach through just the how corrupt the city was, just full of sexual sin, um, just had completely disregarded the law and what the Lord had instructed them to do. Um, and the Lord is just saying, I'm going to just decimate this city. And, you know, I'm just going to, to take it out. But then you see this dramatic shift here um, from the first half into picking up in verse 15. All right, so you see, see the, see Ezekiel give the people his parable of, of this pot that will be burned. And, you know, that represents Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. The people in the pot, you know, the meat in the pot represents um represents them all right so they will be they will be um, just thrown out they will be burned they will die and then the pot will be burned as well all right so then you see this shift um, in verse number 15 and this is where we truly get a little look at the life of ezekiel a little a little glimpse of humanity a little glimpse of his um kind of his life um i'm gonna say outside of prophecy because that is that is who he was he was a prophet um, but listen to what it says here in these first few verses. It says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, behold, I am about to take the delight of your eyes away from you at a stroke. Yet you shall not mourn or weep, nor shall you, nor shall tears run down. Sigh, but not aloud. Make no mourning for the dead. Bind your turban and put on your shoes. Do not cover your lips nor eat the bread of men. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and at the evening my wife died. And on the next morning I did as I was commanded. It's a powerful, you know, four verses where we can see um, inside the life of Ezekiel. In verse number 16, he says, Son of man, behold, I'm about to take the delight of your eyes away. You know, and I think this just gives us an inward look at the relationship that Ezekiel had with his wife, that he loved her, that he cherished her, that he cared for her. You know, it was the delight of your eyes. I think scripture could have easily just said this, you know, I'm about to take your, your wife or I'm about to take your spouse. But, but we see in scripture that she was the delight of his eye. And it just shows this closeness. It just shows this strong this strong relationship between the two of them. And I, and I think that this look at Ezekiel is just, it's rare um, that this, that this appears because normally you're going to see his tough and harsh exterior. You know, he's going to become more like, he comes across more rigid, um, very self-disciplined, you know, just really devoted to what the Lord had called him to do. But you see here, just uh, hit the loss of his wife and, and the light of his eye. But, but what I want to look to is at verse number 17, and it says, sigh, but not aloud. You know, there's a, a commentary that I was reading that says, 
the sigh, kind of the sigh of silence. And you put yourself in that situation of just, you know, of being upset, of wanting to mourn, of being, of being discouraged, of, of, of loss and grief, but not even being able to publicly mourn, not being able to cry. You know, when the Lord instruction says, I want you to sigh, but don't even do it out loud. You know, in, in, in that, that we see that we see the understanding part of God, the Father, right? Because I think it's so easy for us just to think, of this disconnect, I would say, between Ezekiel and and God. But you see this level of humanity in Ezekiel and this need for a father to comfort him. And you see, you see God acknowledge that. You see God, you know, say, it's okay. It's okay to be upset. He said, you can sigh. It's okay to sigh. I'm taking your wife. But I don't want you to do it aloud. And you're going to see why these instructions were so, um, so clear. As we continue reading in this in this passage, um, because of Ezekiel's Ezekiel's response, um, and you see what he says, he says the next morning, I, I did it. He said, "I mean, think about this. Remarkably, Ezekiel obeyed God." And I told you at the beginning, think about that keyword obedience. Ezekiel obeyed God in the midst of this. What a horrific day in his life! But yet he he did this. He he didn't sigh. He, he didn't publicly mourn. You know, he kept his, his shoes on his feet. Um, you know, and he continued to, to follow through with what the Lord had called him to do. And that's just such a powerful example of the obedience of Ezekiel as he followed, as he followed God. And he said the next morning, I did what I commanded. So let's pick up, let's pick up there, um, and looking in verse 19. Look, look at the, look at the people's response. And the people said to me, will you tell us? What these signs mean for us that you are acting thus. So they knew something was wrong. You know, you can think through biblical history and what we see as public mourning, of wailing, of sackcloth and ashes, of just the the way that people handled um, the loss and the grief of losing a loved one. But then you see this man of God, Ezekiel, not even acknowledge it, not publicly mourn, not to weep, not to do anything, but to follow through with what the Lord had instructed him to do specifically. So listen to this. He says, will you not tell us that what these things mean for us, that you are acting thus? Then I said to them, the word of the Lord came to me. Say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, behold. I will profane my sanctuary and pride of your power, the delight of your eyes and the yearning of your soul. And your sons and your daughters whom you left behind shall fall by the sword. So you can see here in verse 21, the way that the sanctuary is described. He says, the pride of your power. Okay, so this, you can think that this was kind of the security blanket. This was the the guarantee for their security. And he says, I'm about to take it away. The Lord will come and he will take this away. I will profane my sanctuary, the pride of your power. Then he says, to the light of your eyes. He said, that is the, the most the most precious thing to them. Okay, we just read about the, the delight of your eyes, which is where um, the way Ezekiel's wife was, um, was uh, described. Okay, so the delight of their eyes, the most precious thing to them. Um, and then he says, the yearning of your soul. He says that that which 
um, do the, that which delighted you the most. Okay, so he's saying, I, I'm going to take these things away. And those descriptive words are important. In verse 22, he says, you shall do as I have done. You shall not cover your lips nor eat bread of men. Your turban shall be on your head, your shoes on your feet. You shall not mourn or weep, but you shall rot away in your iniquities and groan to one another. Thus has Ezekiel, thus shall Ezekiel be to you a sign according to all that he has done, you shall do. And when this comes, then you will know that I am the Lord God. So, so you see the loss of Ezekiel's wife in this moment and, and how he responded. And it was so concerning. It was so alarming. It was so bizarre to why he was doing what he was doing. And he tells the people, he says, what is about to happen to you is going to, it's going to be so fast. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so strong. He says, this is what the Lord is telling you to do. This is how you should respond. This is how I'm modeling your, modeling the response of what's going to happen to the city of, of Jerusalem. He says, any personal sorrow felt would soon be eclipsed by a national sorrow over the horror of the city's total destruction. So to think about what, what these people we're going to be experiencing. And you saw in the first part, the Lord says, I will not relent. I will not hold back. My, my judgment is coming. And, and he begins to, to, to warn the people of you're about to lose something that is so special to you. You know, this sanctuary, even this city is, and, and your children are going to die to the sword. It is going to be so vast. It's going to be so, so strong. And the wrath and the judgment of the Lord is coming. The horror of the city is just going to be something like you've never experienced before. And he says, this is why I did what I did. This is why, you know, I, I set this example of what the Lord had called me to, to do, to not to mourn publicly for my, for my dead wife in, in order to show you that you are not to mourn publicly over, or mourn publicly when Jerusalem is, is destroyed because it's coming. You know, and I think, I think sometimes you can encounter things that just seem to be completely um, out of your control or completely um, just just hard to fathom why things are happening. But to know that the Lord is working through those things um, and, and, and using those to teach you and grow you is something that we can't lose sight on. As we wrap up, we close this out in verse 25 to 27. It says, as for you, son of man, surely on the day when I take them, um, from their stronghold, their joy and their glory, the delight of their eyes and their soul's desire, and also their sons and daughters. And on that day, a fugitive will come and report to you the news. And on that day, your mouth will be opened to the fugitive, and you shall speak and no longer and be no longer mute. So you will be assigned to them, and they will know that I am the Lord. And if you look back at Ezekiel chapter 3, you can see um, what the Lord as it had muted Ezekiel, the Lord was actually, or sorry, Ezekiel was actually only able to communicate if it was words from the Lord. He wasn't able to communicate. He wasn't able to say, say anything unless it was a message from, from the Lord. So you can think about um, the times that he was able to open his mouth and the time that he was able to, um, to speak into, um, speaking to the people was a direct message from from the Lord. So I, I want us to just two quick application points 
Um, the first one is to not forget the Lord. Let's not forget the Lord in what he has called us called us to do. Let's not forget the times that he has provided. Let's not forget the times where he has been faithful. Let's stay focused on what the Lord has called us to do and not forget his, not forget his sovereignty, not forget that he's in control and he is the God of all things. And second um, is that the Lord desires our wholehearted obedience. You know, Ezekiel had a very difficult response, but yet he was faithful in that. He was obedient in that and uh, the Lord honored him. So the Lord desires wholehearted obedience. I'm excited to continue to study the book of Ezekiel with you guys. Um, so as we wrap up 24, I just pray um, that you can look at the humanity side of Ezekiel um, and, and know that he he was a man of God. That he had, you know, he, he had a soft side there. Um, he loved his wife, but ultimately he was obedient to the very end. And let's uh, let's commit to be obedient as well. So thanks for uh, joining the Defender podcast this week. And uh, we'll be praying for the country of Colombia as we as we wrap up. So um, just great things happening in the country of, of Colombia. Just so many opportunities um, to continue to minister there. And we just want to pray for the local church there, for that church to be to be strengthened. Um, and the gospel will continue to spread in Colombia. We've just seen great things happen in this country. So let's continue to pray for uh, the country of Colombia and the church there. Let's also just pray for the families that are there, um, you know, that they will be given uh, just a provision and peace in the midst of their adoption. We obviously know that um, COVID has impacted travel and things are different from when these families started this process. So let's just pray for perseverance for these families. It's for these families that have brought kids home and on the back end post-adoption process. It's just a difficult time. Um, so let's pray for those families, both in process and post-process as well. Um, and then let's also just pray for uh, the, the children of, of Colombia, um, just that the Lord will prepare them as they are pursued by families. So let's pray together as we wrap up our time together today. God, we are thankful for your word. God, we are thankful for um, Lord, just the the scriptures and the opportunity that we have to to study your word. Um, God, may we may we be obedient this week. God, may we follow what you've called us to do, even though things are difficult. Lord, may we display wholehearted obedience to you. And Lord, and let us not forget. Let us not forget what you've done. Let us not forget the blessings, the miracles, the manna from heaven that you've provided for us over and over again. So God, be with us this week. And we pray for the country of Colombia, God, for the local church there to be strengthened. God, so many amazing things are happening in this country. So, God, we pray that the gospel continue to take root, to spread in the country of Colombia. God, we pray for these families that are in process, these families that are um, have been waiting, the country, the, the families whose process has been impacted by COVID and it looks different from what they anticipated. God, we pray for those families as they wait. And God, we pray for those post families as well that have children in their home who, who are experiencing the same thing of just um, a lack of structure or things looking different. Now we pray for those families as well. Um, or just to, to grow these families stronger together in you. And God, for the children that are in country waiting, Lord, just give them perseverance. God, just work on their hearts, strengthen their hearts to let them know that that you are a loving father. God, I just pray that you give us the opportunity to advocate for these kids, um, 
explore more opportunities with the government to to speak on behalf of other waiting children and give us new opportunities to find homes. And God, may, may each and every one of these children come to know you as their eternal Father and Savior, Jesus. So, God, we um, are just grateful to to call you Father, Lord, um, to know in all things that you are our sovereign Lord. So, Lord, as Ezekiel as Ezekiel's tongue was often tied, unless it was a message from you, he was speaking on your behalf. But may we take into account the words that are flowing out of our mouth. God, may they be, may they be edifying, may they be glorifying. God, may, may they point people closer to you. God, may we be intentional and share the gospel in all things. So God, may we may we learn from this passage that we studied today. God, may you give us many opportunities to further. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.